Welcome to Theater in 360, the podcast of the Colonial Players of Annapolis. I'm your host, Jim Ryder. On today's podcast, Jamie Miller, the mother, Abby Smith, the daughter, in Colonial Players, production of Freaky Friday. Thanks for being with us, Abby, and what's your name? Hilarious. I'm sorry, <laughs> Jamie Miller. I've seen your work before. It's very good. Oh, thank you, sir. Freaky Friday is now open until May 15th, finally, after a two-year respite. I reviewed um, Fences at Bowie Community Theater. They closed down the, the day before they opened, back mm-hmm. in 2020. So I referred to the uh, Phoenix Rising. It must be what it feels like for you. Um, you were down just a couple of weeks before opening in 2020. What was that like? And what does it feel like now to finally be back up? Yeah, we were exactly three weeks from opening. We had costumes on a rack in our rehearsal space. Props were ready. Set pieces were painted. We were absolutely ready to go. I think our next big rehearsal was actually going to be the day we moved into the theater. And that fateful day of Friday, March 13th hit. We got phone calls at work because I'm in a school that we were going to stop and have this kind of two-week pause. And so we reacted that way with the theater as well. I know a lot of the kids, including Abby, were disappointed because Rock and Roll Revival at Severna Park High School was then going to just stop. So very emotional for all of us and very unknown and up in the air. And then it was, well, let's, let's hold for two weeks because this thing, who knows when and if and what it is, and how we're going to face it. So two weeks went by, and let's push it out a little longer. Maybe it can be a summer show. No, this thing's hanging on, and it's getting worse, or it's changing course, or all the things we've all lived over the last few years, right? And then it was, okay, we probably won't be able to do this show. So for me, it was definitely a roller coaster ride of do I keep rehearsing and and reviewing this music and these lines and all this work or is it almost like a bittersweet emotional purge and okay it's not going to happen and we have to kind of let go a little bit Friday the 13th we can lay it all on yes. that opening night tell us what you felt um well <laughs> it was definitely weird <laughs> i just feel like uh, performing has been something I've done my entire life. So to like have that all be on hold for what I thought was two weeks kind of seemed like a nice break. <laughs> um, and then as it continued to like progress into a global pandemic, mm-hmm. um, it was really frustrating and sad to see like all the, uh, work that we put into this show kind of be ripped away from us. Um, I think, too, the uncertainty of, like, whether or not we were going to be putting on the show from the beginning was very confusing and just a a, a very uncertain time that was already a confusing time because there's a virus that's ending people's lives. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, so. you're, you're, you get the word that, you're back. 
<laughs> and a change in director, but most of the cast, all of the cast is intact. <laughs> oh, no, sir. Oh, no. So we went from um, the original 17 to people going away to college, um, changing careers, having different plans with families. And of the original 17, we have six original mm. remaining cast members. So 11 new faces um, came out, auditioned, and joined us. And so finding that new groove and new gel of a cast has been another part of this process because, again, we were three weeks from opening with this core family that had all worked together, and now we're having new family members join us. So it was um, definitely tricky for those returning to, oh, wait, this is how we did it, but now we're going to do it differently and we have a new face. But I can only imagine that the folks joining us, too, sort of felt up against it because, well, they've been doing this for two years and what am I supposed to do coming in late to the game? But they have been remarkable. Totally great troopers through it all and dove right in and never missed a beat. And while we will miss our friends who were part of all of that with us, uh, we can, I think, confidently say that the audience won't know any better because who they're going to see are the very, very most wonderful people with great performances. Now, before we get back to the play itself, tell us a little about uh, about your uh, background, Abby, because this is your first at CP? Uh, yes, this is my first show here. Um, I've been performing... Uh, probably, I mean, since I was like seven, I've been doing community theater. I've done like camps, like when I was like a child, child. Um, but yeah. As opposed been, to the oh, teen so. child you are now. Well, I mean like, <laughs> yeah, two. Okay, whatever. <laughs> what year um, of school are you in? I'm a senior. Okay. Um, and I'm going to be getting my BFA in musical theater, uh, in college. I am not sure where I'm going yet, but, uh, I have... Four solid options. Um, so uh, right now I'm stuck between NYU Tisch, um, Pace, Syracuse, and Boston Conservatory. Um, so I have four pretty exciting options um, that I'm just excited to actually be pursuing what I like to do and not. Those an are great job. options. <laughs> yeah. Those are great. Now, Jamie, you've worked here before. I have. At this theater. Yes. At other theaters. Yes. You do a lot of choreography, so, a lot of acting. Sure. I was going to ask about teaching old guys who can't dance how to dance, <laughs> but I'm not going to do that. That'd be you, but sir. Give us a little bit of background about uh, your CP work, your first time, everything else. Sure. So I can actually see the picture behind you on the wall. What does that say? 2007 was my first show here at Colonial Players. I was in Jekyll and Hyde. I honestly had moved up here for a boy, um, for my husband, who wasn't my husband yet, but he put a ring on it, so we became the <laughs> husband. Um, and so once I moved up here, his friends are lovely, don't get me wrong, but I really needed to find my own group, my own family, my own kind of home away from home. So I Googled community theater auditions. And... Annapolis because we were living in the area and Colonial Players came up and Jekyll and Hyde, which I had known some of the music from high school because we had performed some of that. 
and came and I was ready to be the third tree from the left. I was ready to be anyone and anything. And I think was cast as a, um, what's the PC way of saying this, a streetwalker, a woman of the night, um, <laughs> who was just in the ensemble loving every possible moment to meet my people. And Ron Giddings was actually in that show with me along with some other wonderful, wonderful people who we have continued great friendships and working relationships with over the last several years. So from Jekyll and Hyde, uh, moved into doing some work with Summer Garden Theater, and then just always kept being pulled back here to Colonial Players with Rabbit Hole, Philadelphia Story, uh, I Love You, You're Perfect Now Change, Kiss Me Kate, so many more, um, because this always felt like home, and I just love working here. Before we get to you two and the relationship, give us a little bit about the play itself, because that's really why we're here. Tell us a little bit of bit Freaky Friday. There's been about 30 movies made of it. It started <laughs> from a book, uh, then it became a musical, and that's what you all are doing. Tell us a little bit about it for those who don't know, who have never seen Lindsay Lohan. And <laughs> then I want to talk about the kind of the dynamic that you all have to put together. Yeah. Um, so the original, um, I guess, movie, it's, not, it's similar to like what we're putting on, but um, it's definitely Disney-ified. Um, the movie itself uh, was, I don't, I, I don't know how old it is exactly, but. Well, there was one in 76, we mm-hmm. were just looking this up, 95, 03. Was Lindsay Lohan? Yeah, yeah. And then uh, eighteen. Yeah, uh, twenty eighteen. They yeah. did the uh, the musical version. Yeah, so that's kind of what ours is based off of. Um, is the twenty eighteen movie? Um, so it's obviously the story about a mother and daughter and kind of their relationship and how they've always been at odds with each other. Um, and my character is very. Um, teenager (laughs) uh she's kind of a pain um and jamie's character is the stereotypical mom has very put together um very structured life uh and just kind of how they switch bodies and we sing about it (laughs) and um and thank you for being with us yeah bye (laughs) just kidding um yeah so it's based off the 2018 movie and it's made into a musical And I think the transformation that each character gets to go through is the pivotal point where we really do get to see life through the other person's eyes and the appreciation that we gain from that experience allows us to find love again in our heart and really understand the other person's perspective. Now, you two didn't know each other before starting rehearsals for this, right? Um, and you have a daughter. I do. And you, as you said, it's, she's a teenager. Yes. Which <laughs> every parent will understand exactly what you mean. So tell <laughs> us about the relationship that you two have as actors and as you try to put together those dynamics between mother and daughter and then actually seeing through each other's eyes, which 
it's very hard to do. It eh, is. Not really. No, no I'm just kidding. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's funny. <laughs> um, so I just adore Abby. I've actually worked with her older sister before um, on a show, Gypsy. And so we had some, I guess, small interactions, but never really knew each other until coming out for the show. And she's very easy to like right away. So it's nice to <laughs> it's nice to spend time with her. But I'll never forget after one of our very first rehearsals, I really wanted to be cool. And I oh, needed no. a car ride home. They live nearby. And so I, in my mind, think this is a perfect opportunity. I can ask Abby and her sister, Zoe, to drive me home. And I'm like, in the car and totally immersed with teenagers. I'll experience it. I'll live it with them. I'll pick up some traits and at the same time get to know my castmates. And I get in the back seat of the car and they're playing some music I've never heard before. And I'm feeling really old. And it was kind of a surreal moment because I've never really been the old one in the show. And here I am like really hurting about this. And I thought, you know, I'm going to strike up a conversation with these girls. And we start talking about living in the area and being in Severna Park. (laughs) And Abby turns around and she says, you know, you'd be really good friends with my mom. (laughs) No. (laughs) And I thought, oh, God. (laughs) I'm sure I'd love to be friends with your mom. But at the same time, right, I'm certainly not cool. (laughs) No, in my defense, it was because (laughs) they shared that you were saying the exact same thing that my mom was like always says about the town that we live in. It was just so funny to be able to have that moment of like, this is great. Yeah, I'm going to pretend I know the music and be cool. And then it was like, you're my mom. (laughs) Um, But we've had that really like playful, you know, experience throughout the whole thing. And also really supportive time of, again, that roller coaster ride of, are we doing this? Aren't we doing this? Do we remember it? Do we forget it? How, How do we kind of come back to it after all the time away? And the one real constant for me as far as the cast goes has been Abby this entire time and while again everyone is doing a phenomenal job as long as I'm making eye contact with her and looking at her and we're experiencing this together everything else could have changed and most of it has Um, but thankfully she's been there every step of the way. Now as actors um, you're not exactly each playing two roles (laughs) because you're playing yourselves in different bodies but how how do you adjust? What kind of changes do you make, or are you just burrowing through the uh, kind of the emotions and the lines and the details and and hitting it as straight as possible? Or are you are you looking for the nuances about that kind of thing? Do you walk with a stoop, for example? <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, actually. yeah. <laughs> not a stoop. Um, well, I actually babysit Jamie's daughter, Sophie. Oh. Um, so I've kind of... There's a job. <laughs> no, actually not really. Sophie more babysits me. Um, but she's a young adult. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's been kind of cool as of recently. And just how you just like talk to Sophie and how you present yourself as a mother, I think I've drawn from, from uh, when portraying how a mom would act because I obviously don't. I don't have a child. <laughs> um, so that's been kind of my like inspiration behind the switch of character because um, it's pretty easy to act as a teenager. 
Um, oh, you think so? <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> um, but, For me, it is. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I think just how Jamie presents herself um, in you're very responsible and adult and – I mean, I know it's a shock, but no, <laughs> I'll pay you later. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we have talked a lot about um, posture and, mm. you know, um, <laughs> just little, like you said, nuances about things like that. You know, how shoes actually really play a big part in this show when um, walking in a pair of high heels as an adult and then walking in a pair of high heels as a, a teenager it's a very different feeling, but the switch happens instantly. And so you've got to kind of feel that out and then realize the uncomfortable feeling that you mm-hmm. would have with that. Um, but little little gestures and spending as much time together as we have, both in rehearsal and outside of rehearsal, because Abby said, you know, she does babysit Sophie. Uh, she'll kill me if I said babysit. She hangs out with Sophie because oh, yeah. Sophie's now 10, so she's not a baby anymore. Yeah. Um, but when they hang out, it's nice to also just have that, like, we're not talking about the show, we're not rehearsing, we're just spending time together. And again, picking up some of those natural, not character traits, or but more of those, yeah, like, uh, I guess, little mannerisms and things that we do from time to time so that in our natural conversation, it comes out of like, oh, no, she actually is in that body now, mm-hmm. and vice versa. Tell us about the, the rest of the cast. You don't need to name everybody and everybody who's playing everything, but just give us a general idea of how the cast has come together after, you know, again, two years. Some are back, some are new. Um, and the gel factor, since you've got a good mix of adults and kids, <laughs> and, and how that carries the story along in this one. Um, yeah, well, I know that uh, for me, working with adults uh, is... A, re- a really cool opportunity because they're doing this, I guess, more like, I don't know, for me it's fun, obviously, but they're, this is just like something fun that they do in addition to their day job, um, which is like cool to see. Um, I think to the relationships that I've made with the adults, um, have been, I would say, similar to the ones that I've made with the, like, the teenagers or whatever Mm -hmm. in the show, Um, just because we're very closely working together, and it's not like, especially for Jamie and my character, where I have to be surrounded by the adults after the switch, and Jamie has to be surrounded by the teenagers after the switch, I guess, a little bit more. it's it's I don't know we we I f- I feel like we're just we all like connect very well together I don't think it's like it definitely separate. feels like a group that there's the drama only happens on the stage which yeah, is nice yeah. um, everyone has a real like team player mentality over it all even in the last few tech ooh, tech week but even in the last few tech rehearsals of okay I got this oh you're on this table okay I'll pull this curtain everyone's really wanting this to be the best version of this show that it can be. And so people are coming together. I think a beautiful thing of community theater for me has always been that age is not ever a factor. Yeah. 
I don't look at kids who are in the show as, oh, you're a child. You can't handle this. No, they're my cast me, and they're pulling their weight as much as anyone else. I'll give a shout-out to the, the young man who plays my son in the show, Miles. He has been an original cast member with us the last two years, and he's grown up so much. He's actually now in middle school, and um, he he moves set pieces, and he's all in there with us, and he's right in the thick of it all with us because it's – all hands on deck. Everyone's ready to just do the darn thing and make this the best version that it can be. Had you ever worked in the round before? No, actually, this was my first time. I was telling my friend um, how intimate it is to mm-hmm. be in the space where the audience can like see your spit like <laughs> going mm-hmm. out of your mouth as you're <laughs> singing. Um, it's definitely been a very interesting experience to kind of forget all the theater etiquette that I've known about like not breaking the fourth wall and um, all kind of throwing that all out the window. Um, And it's been a really cool experience. I think I would say that this show is perfect for the round um, because it's very intimate. um, And it's, I think the audience probably feels a little bit more connected to the characters itself because they're kind of right there alongside with them as they're changing and evolving Especially for Jamie and I as we're switching bodies. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, I think that's kind of a cool uh, plus side to doing the show in the round. I would agree with that, too, just based on how the show itself is written. Because it starts with Abby's character, Ellie, talking directly to the audience. I mean, she's a narrator at the beginning of the show. And by breaking down that fourth wall, it really invites the audience members to come into the story and be part of it with us. So hopefully, if we do our job right, and I know that our tech side of of our world, um, both Kaylin and Wes have Bedsworth have done a phenomenal job with creating these lighting and sound and effects that will hopefully really pull everybody in. Mm-hmm. So being in the round, I, I agree with you completely that this show is going to just make it that much more fun for the audience. It seems to really get the audience on your side right up front when they're that close to you and you're addressing them. You know, um, it makes it makes a big difference, whereas when you're in the proscenium, it's kind of like prove something to me or make me laugh or, you know. Yeah. That's what I love about it anyway. Um, you mentioned... Earlier on, I was going to ask you about what kind of message does this carry for the audience that, you know, for them to leave home with. And you touched on it, but uh, give us a little bit more about that, Jamie, because it's, it, it's fun, it's lighthearted, but it does give a little bit of um, something to think about. Uh, yes, I think so. Um, we, these two characters really experience a big change, and <laughs> we had a, a nice little conversation when we were putting together some things leading up to the opening of the show and a question that was asked of us was you know if you could switch bodies with someone or switch places with someone for a day who would that be and why and spoiler alert I think I already said it in there but I I would choose my daughter because I do think that being able to live in someone else's shoes and walk their walk and talk their talk it does open your mind to what they're experiencing. And, you know, sometimes I think that as a mom who's almost 40 can look past her teenage years and not really remember the the trials and tribulations that they go through from day mm-hmm. to day. But in that moment, that is their everything. That is 
bigger than a, a job that I'm having or a, a problem I'm having at work, right? Because that's that's their whole wide world, who they're sitting with at lunch and what social hierarchy that you address in the show is happening because that's that's their world. And it's not less than and it's not littler than. It's, it's the biggest, most important moment then and vice versa. I uh, think that being able to put yourself in someone else's shoes allows you to see and appreciate what they're experiencing every day. And when you go, you know, if I were to switch bodies or lives with my daughter, maybe she's not cleaning her room because there's something else that's mm-hmm. more important to her in that moment. And it better not be watching TV, um, but something else. that So we can... you're ready for when she comes to see the show, driving oh. home, and she'll say, okay, mom, I've got some demands <laughs> now that you know what I'm dealing with, right? right. Same with you, Abby. Yeah. You'll... Um. Well, I think for me, the show uh, kind of stands for unconditional love. Um, I think that Ellie as a character is kind of dealing with the um, the fact that her mom kind of, uh, I guess, values her when she's following what she thinks that she should be saying or doing or acting. And, and I think that after we switch bodies, uh, we kind of understand that like Jamie was saying, what's important to us is important to us. Um, and we should be lo- able to love each other no matter our differences um, and to celebrate those differences too. And so I feel like unconditional love is definitely a huge factor in the show. And- Absolutely. And there is another element to the story here that they have experienced loss together. So the father is not in the story because mom is a widow. And so how each of them interpret that loss and how it impacts their day-to-day dealings with life is um, a really big component because I think that sometimes when we deal with loss, all the times, we we deal with it in different ways and we might compartmentalize things. And I'm, I think my character is just staying busy and making plans and kind of ignoring feeling some of those things where the character of Ellie that Abby plays is really feeling it all and going through the emotions. And so then when we switch and I get to experience that, it's eye-opening. And, oh, my goodness, yes, of course this is why you've been acting this way. Yes, of course this is what you're feeling. You think the audience will receive that as well? If we do our job right. Yeah, I think so. I think, too, it's, I mean, it's Disney, so it's written pretty straightforward. Um, There's no hidden message. Yeah, Yeah. it's not really, like, up to interpretation. (laughs) It's no open ending. Um, But I do think that through the switch, uh, I mean, it's kind of, it's the cliche, like, walk in someone else's shoes for the day. And you'll see how they live their lives. And that's a cliche that everyone knows. So I think that we will, I think we'll get the message across. (laughs) Well, we appreciate you being here. Abby Smith, Jamie Miller, Freaky Friday, finally, up on stage until May 15th. So break a leg. And thanks for being here again. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Theater in 360, the podcast of the Colonial Players of Annapolis, hosted by Jim Ryder, produced by Richard Atha Nichols, with music by Rob Levitt. 
Find out more at thecolonialplayers.org. And feel free to email us at podcast at thecolonialplayers.org. Thank you.